Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. You are listening to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast, Season 6. The podcast is supported by... Scent Crusher, sent off, game on. Tinks. Cat Work Truck. Victory Archery. Thorn Broadheads. Shadow Hunter Blinds. Cobra Archery. Burris. HHA Sports and HHA USA. Reveal cellular cameras and deer cam coffee. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Planet Podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, tonight with Jay Dumas. Actually, taking over for Tim, it looks like. No, I'm just kidding, but Tim's here too. (laughs) (laughs) We We got a little lucky. We got Jay on tonight, which is fun. Uh, and gives us another uh, BHP person to, uh, you know, hit those questions hard. Hit hit Lundy with these amazing questions that he's going to get tonight. Um, Sean Lundy from the Juries, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, we are super excited to have you on. And uh, you're, you're, all the people from your team we've been having on, and it's really exciting to hear a lot of these stories because it's something that we don't really experience very often here in Michigan. So really excited tonight to talk to you about that and the different stories you guys have. And so I guess let's start with, how's it going? Tell us, tell us about you real quick, I guess. So how long have you been on the show and all that good stuff? Doing good. I mean, we've been trying to do this for the last few months now, but uh, I've been on juries several years now and I may be off on a year or so, like four or five years. Um, I was originally just brought on just for, I believe, some extra footage, whatever the case may be. And then when Dream Season, they still have Dream Season Live, but Critical Mass came out and it kind of took over on the Outdoor Channel, the new Dream Season show. And Matt went ahead and mentioned something to me on when I was already about halfway through my season. Do you want to be a cast member on that? And I, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> Sign me up. Here we go. So it's been an awesome, awesome ride ever since. That's really cool. Sorry, Tim looked like he was going to say something. I had just paused. I, I saw him go. <laughs> I'm he just goes, messing with you tonight now. That's all I want. All right, I, I just wasn't sure. I, I didn't want to cut you off. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to play good host, co-host. But uh, so I guess, we, so we, you and I talked a little bit earlier before we started. I guess first before we go here with this, it is a snow day here. With It's snowing crazy at your house and in our house here in Indiana and in Michigan. And yep. uh, Jay was saying earlier, it's going to be a snowcast tonight for the podcast, which is pretty yeah. exciting. We're snowed in anyway, so we can do all this right. cool conversation about hunting. Um, so we're talking about the different shows the juries have and how they actually have different, I don't want to say rules, but like, so, you know, Greg was saying, you know, with Bo Madness, it was basically all compound type show. And I, I believe you said with Critical Mass, you guys could do kind of a variety of things. It yeah. didn't really necessarily matter. I guess tell us about that. Is that do you guys? Is there any like infighting? Like I want to be on that show, or <laughs> I want to be on this show because of that I, or anything? <laughs> I don't. I don't see that as much. You know, maybe there's there's some guys like to me it would be an honor to to be on Bo Madness. I mean those those guys are animals in a good way. I mean they're out there. They're getting it done, sticking a string, but. You know, I don't necessarily think there's any, you know, hardship between on who's wanting to be on what show. It's me personally, you know, you have 13, which is the big jury show. And then under that, you've got the Bo Madness Critical Mass Outdoor Channel. And then you have Winchester's Jury's Natural Born, which is on the Sportsman's Channel. 
I would love to be on Bo Manis one day, but here's here's the other takeaway. I don't care if it's a bow, a slingshot, a spitball gun. If I can harvest the deer with it, I'm doing it. So <laughs> I, I've got to stick probably with the critical mass and the, and the natural born because, you know, it's just, I mean, those guys from early season to late season, straight through the firearm season, it's, they're, they're hunting with, they got the Matthews in hand. So that's, they're limited to that, which, hey, I mean, that, that's what they're into. That's fine. Um, there's yeah. many times I've been down to different states and, you know, I've already bought a tag that when I wasn't successful early season, well, now we're getting into the firearm season. Well, you know, you guys all know, me and my wife, we got family, kids. It's like, I, even though it's the firearm season, the wife's probably going to get on me if I spend another few hundred bucks mm -hmm. on the firearm tag. So yeah, I'm wearing the hunter orange and I'm still out there with the bow trying to get it done. But if it's just something that's strictly firearms, I, I'm going for it. I'm going to grab the Winchester or the traditions and we're going to get it done. So yeah. No, I hear you, man. I feel that way a lot. When we go hunting, you know, those days where I'm just like, ah, grabbing the crossbow today, or, you know, I just, <laughs> just however I'm feeling. Like sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just, I'm not feeling it. I feel sore or whatever. I'm just like, you know, I'll just grab the crossbow. And people think that means you're automatically killing a deer, which it is not. But, you know, no. <laughs> just grab whatever I feel comfortable with at that moment, you know. And, you know, I think it also depends on what type of hunting you're doing. You know, if you're doing a lot of ground blind or whatever you're yeah. doing, it, it might be easier. And one of those like a doghouse type line where it doesn't have much room. You're not going to, I'll never forget. I was hunting with uh, uh, Brian Bauer on our, sh one of our shows. And he, we were sitting in a ground blind and it was turkey hunting. And he went to shoot with the compound <laughs> and the top cam hit the, one of those bars and broke it <laughs> at the top. So oh. once he fired, the whole thing collapsed on us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what is, we didn't even know if he hit it. We don't even know if he hit oh, it because no. we're filming, and all of a sudden, this whole thing just came over the, the camera. That's a that's, that's, a, good that's such Bauer a Brian shot, story. Man. Yeah, that's such a Bauer story. It I is. tell you, <laughs> guy, he's got them all. I just ran into him at Home Depot a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me some crazy story. I'm like, every time I talk to you, you have these crazy stories, man, about you know, the unbelievable happening out in the woods. It's just, <laughs> yeah, up. he'll he'll be the type of guy that like he'll he'll hit it in the butt. <laughs> hit an artery and it'll go down like in 10 yards it's just it's the stupidest stuff it really is and he's not trying to do that by the way he is trying no. to actually you know get a kill shot on the heart but he hits it in the butt hits an artery and then it goes down 10 yards later it's the the most ridiculous stuff ever but temple um, you hit one in the temple yeah that, well yeah we thought it was a tree but it wasn't oh, looking wow. at the video no it was uh square in the side of the head and we found it's that right thing here too I remember that one. He should, um, he should work for Muzzy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Show what he can do. <laughs> Definitely a fixed blade guy. Let's 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 just say that. Um, so, did you approach your hunts differently depending on your weapon of choice? Yeah, I'm kind of limited on on the the ground I hunt. Yeah, it's if I'm going to be going to a a certain place or a certain state, you know, I try to also work in a normal job and stuff like that and get the hunt. I will try to, you know, go in with the best chance possible. Um, if, if I can get down to places like Oklahoma, pretty target rich environment, I'll, I'll always try to definitely target, you know, an archery kill to get one done. But if I can go and get down there during the firearm season too, it's your, your chances are higher. Now a good buddy of mine back from Long Island, that's originally where I'm from he's got a place out, of, out in Kansas that's leech that we hunt together. He's, he's ate up with archery hunting. That's it. You know? So yeah. what, when I get an opportunity like that, I, you know, I'm, I'm restricted. Yeah. It's just the Matthews. We're going out there getting it done. But you know, there's a lot of time, like if we're going into youth season, my son Cole, he, he's turning into an absolute just machine. I mean, he loved, and not, and not just on a hunting level, but just the passion for the whole outdoors it has nothing to do with killing and he's the same person he's went out he's actually killed that deer behind me 153 wow. inches he killed that like four years ago and wow. the, following wow. year, the following year he goes out and he he targets a certain buck and it was like 116 117 inch deer and he went, but it's not about the inches to him which i'm glad you know so when we go into like youth season he can hunt with the bow he can hunt with the crossbow 
But we try to go and hey, this is an opportunity for the children to get in there. We can get a kill under our belt. It, it's different filming a little bit because, you know, some people say, well, oh, filming must suck. It takes the fun out of the hunt. I look at it like if that's the case, then you're not doing something right. You're taking that fun out of the hunt because granted, okay, my son would rather do everything with a bow now. That's how he is. But he gets it. Hey, dad, if we go out there and we got this target buck coming in. So he grabs the Winchester, you know, and, and like this year, I mean, I know you guys were just saying just because you got a firearm or crossbow, think people think it's a guarantee. We hunted the three day youth season down here with the Winchester. We didn't get it done. My son ended up killing his Indiana deer four or five weeks later during the gun season. But, but absolutely, it's I will definitely go in and approach different situations different on, you know, as far as what weapon we're going to use. So. What about Maybe states? Not. Like, where, where do you do most your hunting at? I'm assuming a lot in Indiana, but uh, do you do other states too with the show, or how does that work? Yeah, I um, it's I, I've definitely been blessed to hunt a lot of different states. In Indiana here, you know, a lot of guys, they think, you know, just because you're hunting with juries or you're hunting with one of these other big shows and stuff that, okay, these guys own thousands of acres. Well, we're, we're at right now, we're sitting on a little more than five acres. So then I've got two, yes, two little leases by my house. One's a 30, 32 acre field where that deer was killed. It's with a three acre patch of woods in it. It's just an old pasture field. And then I have another piece that's 17 acres. That's it for Indiana. Now in Southern Illinois, and, and those are leases in Southern Illinois, me and my wife own a 40 acre track of timber. And then we have another little 20 acre track that we put a little like an Amish made cabin on it and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. We go down there for spring break and everything. But as far as places that I own, that's it. Now I have a place that I lease with a friend in Nebraska. Um, I go down to Oklahoma this year. I've got a friend of mine that has a business over in Kentucky. So I do travel a lot. Um, my one buddy from, from New York, you know, an old stomping ground has a unbelievable place in Kansas. So yeah, I definitely traveled this year alone. It was Oh man, it was Oklahoma, Wisconsin, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Indiana, wow. Illinois. I, I know I'm leaving a few states out, you know. So, but <laughs> so that that is that is I mean way more than than I think we could ever dream to do in in a, in a lifetime, let alone a single year. So that's absolutely awesome. If you had to choose your property type, so like open field or deep woods that kind of thing what 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 do you prefer to hunt you know i you know i, I don't want to literally come off as somebody that's just big i have actually changed the way i'm hunting since since i've got on juries and a lot of that is from being around you know some some of the big guys on the team you know you talk about, you guys just had Greg Lessinger on the show, you know, and we, we would go with these meetings and talking to people like Greg, Mark, Terry, Wade, um, you know, uh, where back in the day, all, all these big time, a lot of guys, Bo Manis guys, I learned a lot, even though I didn't have the big properties, I, I learned food plots, how to set up food plots different and, and how to strategically put them, you know, you know, back in the day and even around here when I was just hunting, you know, you got up on the edge of a bean field or a cornfield. You had to find a food source. Maybe I would back up a little bit, you know, get back in the timber for those deer that are staging up. But now I, I kind of changed, you know, in November, I usually head down to Illinois and try to hunt the rut. And in the mornings and stuff, I am sticking more into the timber because a lot of the bucks are coming back from feeding. They're checking the bedding. They're cruising for those does. But the majority of the year after that, I will hunt small not necessarily staging area food plots but small places that i've set up biologic that may be 100 yards or 150 yards off big 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 feeding destination fields so i guess i would i wouldn't i don't know i'd probably go with like a 60 40 mix being probably 60 percent cover 40 percent you know um transition area or food whatever the case may be but i grew up in new york back in the day it was it was 100 percent timber it was hunting state land and you know and when you came home and you know we had we, we would only we would take out of school we'd be sick or whatever it's, i hate to say this every year we every year we would have a 
this is really horrible saying this and you guys laugh, but every year growing up I was ate up with hunting we had a funeral we had somebody in our family that passed away nobody passed away you know so dad would take us out for a family you know we had during Thanksgiving week so we can all go up and miss one week of school up to the mountains and if we came back and you know the only way you can get out of school during Thanksgiving week you got Wednesday Thursday Friday off but to get that Monday and Tuesday off oh we've got a family funeral so we would go up to the Catskills or the Adirondack Mountains and if we came back and we seen three tails we would tell people oh yeah man we've seen deer you know and yeah. not that I'm giving it up like New York is getting better you know, the um, quality of deer management all over the United States has changed. Um, you know, I've said this on other shows before. It's, you know, people make it upset, but like giving up a secret, like Long Island, New York, they're, they're killing slammers out there, legit slammers every single year. You, you said Long Island? Long Island. Slammers. Little city deer, huh? Straight. No. no, see... And everyone think like Long Island is kind of if you actually get out on Long Island, you got upstate New York, mm -hmm. and you come down, you have this the city, the five boroughs, and then when you go out from that, you go out onto the island, the Long Long Island, which is you know it's an island, but we're talking it's a huge island. Take you three hours to drive to the other end. I hear it's pretty long. Yeah, so out on the other end, there's <laughs> cornfield, corn bean fields, the whole nine yards. They're no way. There. Okay. Yeah, it's. I don't think any like anybody that I don't think has been there like me. Obviously, yeah. Um, you you don't picture that that close no, to like I was thinking you that know too. New York pro like you shoot deer in Long Island. I would never have even thought that. It's it's no, it's also there. the thought that you, when you think of New York, like when I think of New York, I always think of the city. Like I never would yeah. even imagine. Yeah. There's an upstate New York or a northern New York where there's woods mm -hmm. and forests. Like I, I don't even see that in my mind. Like all I see is well, that's the big where city. they confuse you. Sex I mean, what, in the city. That kind of stuff. Yeah, what what, what <laughs> state names their biggest city after themselves? You know, only New York. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. They, <laughs> let me ask you this though. Let me, let me ask you this though. So when you hunt these other places, you know, you're, you're talking about hunting these these places that you know you were all over. You were you're you know Oklahoma, Nebraska, things like that. If you're anything like us, right? Because I know that you guys have hunted out of state and and you venture around. Even parts of the state are different, right? Here in Michigan. But is there something special for you about going back home and hunting those that timber back where you started with all those memories, right? You still do that? Do you still earn to do that? Or Yeah, I go and, you know, I don't hunt back in New York as much anymore. And I've always said I wanted to take my son, and he's been back there, and we're going to go back again just to realize how blessed he is to hunt in New Yeah. He has no idea that – the, the way that people hunt in New York, you know, people are like, oh, these guys, are, they're not killing big deer. They're, when they harvest a deer there, you've done something. Yes. I mean, you truly have done something. You have done your homework. They are hunting deer and they're killing slammers and they are not in target rich environments. They yeah. are not, you know, having the opportunity to pass up three or four, three or four year olds a night. They don't have those opportunities. So when they get it, I mean, they've really done something, but just Indiana kind of being, I've been over here 20, maybe a little more than 20 years now, being this, being our home, our home core now, um, I think me and my son, we submitted five or six harvests this year on film. The most best ones were the smallest deer we harvested. They were right here in Indiana to get it right done, to come back, get it right here on a 30 acre lease that has three acres wow. of timber. My son filmed well, happened is I actually, because I don't ever hunt Indiana. This is the first buck I've killed in Indiana this year in, I don't know, 10 plus years. And it's because I'm always behind the camera with the kids, filming them kill a turkey. Film. So I don't really get to hunt Indiana much until they're done. And th that's fine with me. I get that. I love it. I'm ate up with it. And then this year we had a, um, and you guys will see it on Critical Mass. There's a great buck coming down a fence row. He's in between the two pasture fields, this, this, fields broke up into 15 acres each and there's just kind of like a little center lane where they run the cattle to put them out so basically he's running down there because he's running a scrape line coming all the way down and we get all jacked up my son's in the blind and gets the winchester ready so he makes a perfect shot smokes this deer and we're on cloud nine we get down to a beautiful deer for him big wide um short time but just wide you know four by four and when he's done, I'll never forget, we're all sitting there. And he's like, hey, dad, now it's your turn. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is mid-November. 
and he's punched the tag. Like I got a chance in Indiana now, you know? So we, we went back. It's so crazy. And I might be off a day or two, six or seven days after that. He's behind the camera now. Great deer comes out, walks right down. And I'm telling you, he had to, I stopped him. It had to be either in the same tracks or within an inch of where he harvested his head. Both of these wow. kills are going to look almost identical. And they are by far the smallest deer we've harvested on film this year. But by far the, the, the hunts that we're excited about right there. That's pretty cool. Well, I, I can tell that. I mean, the passion that you have to hunt yeah. with your son, I mean, you, you can just feel that in your voice. And that, you know, that's something that we're all passionate about. Every single one of us on this call with kids. Um, I love getting my kids out. I love seeing that excitement on their face. I love that they love to go out and learn that yeah. type of stuff. So, I mean, I feel you on that one, man. I don't care what size of deer it is. If, if, if we're putting it down as a family, that's the most important thing. It, it gives you, that's the one thing that people have no idea. Your bus was like, and okay, my son filmed me. That's beyond emotional to see that happen. But when you get out there and I see my son, film his sisters my daughters and even at times when they both say hey listen today we don't want to take the camera you know not usually for deer but for turkey and i'm like i get it okay to go out there and to see my son just get my daughter ready on the shotgun get her up get her ready you know the bird's coming in he's and he's telling me dad you you just do the call you just do the call i got i got you know and he's got her already and like you know it's like it, we can talk about those hunts and it's not just sitting at the table where, you know, they have that, that meme where some guy, he's like sitting by himself on a park bench and he talks about being somewhere talking about hunting and no one else gets it, you know? Well, when you're at the dinner table, the whole family gets it. We all share that experience. And it's just, you, you can't buy that. You can't put a no, price. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Those are, those are proud, proud Papa moments right there. That's oh, for yeah. sure, dude. Absolutely. So, so this year, so last year, it looks like you have some success. What, I mean, what do you have planned for this year? What's coming up? Oh my gosh. And every year about this time between now and probably halfway through Turkey season, you know, I always have a game plan going into next year and that game plan never goes like, okay, we have Indiana and we have Illinois, you know, those are, we live in Indiana. We own ground in Illinois. The wife's always like, Hey, listen, you know, we're, we're paying this mortgage on our little Illinois farm. You're going to hunt the dang thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're, I get it, you know, so Locally sourced meat, of course. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm still gonna, you know, be hunting Nebraska Wisconsin. It's a, another buddy of mine. It's got a place up in Wisconsin. So I'm going to hunt Nebraska, Wisconsin next year, Kentucky, Oklahoma, but like, I just, I've always had it every year. It changes like, and it's phone calls, you know, July and August. All right, listen, we're going to change it up. I'm going to go ahead because, all right, I'm going to head now to, you know, I think next year I might change it up. I'm going to go to Kansas and Oklahoma. They're three hours apart. I'll probably do that last week, October, first week of November. And I've always been the first two, two weeks of November in Illinois and why am I going down there the last two, the first two weeks in November? It's kind of tradition. It's November. It's family farm. Let's go hunt. But now trying to get it done and, and trying to lay things down on film, you know, I mean, you, you're, I'm pretty blessed to kill a, a few deer on film, but you get ate up. We're, we're competitive people by nature, you know? So now it's like, how, how can I better my season every year? How can I do this? So I want to spend more time home with the kids. So I think for next year, instead of, going the last week of October, which is usually Nebraska, I'm going to go ahead last week, of October, first week of November, I'm going to be, it's prime time. I'm going to be in Oklahoma and Kansas. And then from there, I'm going to get back and be spending prime time right here in Indiana at home with the kids during opening week of gun season, you know, having a deer camp, you know, just doing what we got to do. And then after Thanksgiving, usually when I kick it in high string during late season, I think that's when I'll probably go to you know illinois and then i thought about switching up nebraska which has always been a bow state for me i'm thought about doing late muzzleloader in december it's because their their december muzzleloader it's a month long you know and a friend oh, yeah. of mine, a friend of mine lol that i'm down there on a lease with i mean it's 
a lot of your big deer. I mean, Nebraska has big body deer. It's a, I'm not going to say it's a sleeper state because everybody knows Nebraska has big deer, but you don't hear people talk about it much, you know? It's no, only, you don't. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it's Iowa, Ohio, you know, um, Kentucky now, Illinois. Nebraska's got some big deer. So if you can pattern them late season and you got a tradition in hand and you can reach out, you know, that, you know, everybody, yeah, these guys on Bo Manus, yeah, they'll shoot 50, 60 yards. My 50, 60 yards, I like to keep that firearm range. My bow shots, I like anywhere from <laughs> 10 to 17 yards, you know? <laughs> so it's, Sounds like Midwest to me. <laughs> it does. That's funny. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your bow setup. I mean, obviously, you're shooting a Matthews here on, on your Instagram. I was looking through some of the photos. But I guess tell us about your setup. What, how, what do you have on there, like, for your site, your bow, or your rest, your, uh, you know, arrows, things like that? You know, we're – we're excited. We're, we're going with victory. And as far as the arrows go, I, I shoot the vats. And uh, when I started shooting the vats, being micro diameter and stuff like that, I started shooting them. A lot of guys are shooting, they said, better, better penetration. And they are. They're, they're awesome. But the reason why I went to the vats was I had a soldier surgery a couple of years back. So I was letting off on my poundage. And I wanted to go ahead and you know, so them offering that micro diameter arrow to me, that was a no brainer. And now that the shoulders back and going good again, there's no way I'm going to switch back from them. So, but, um, I'm shooting a, a V3. I did have the VXR, which this year, several chips, I, I switched back to the VXR that they make good bows, you know, and it's, they, they come up with something else and now they got the new V3 that came out. And so I, I don't, my son gets on me because it's like, all right, dad, you know, so he thinks, okay, the VXR is his now, you know, and realistically it's going to be, you know what I'm saying? As he pulls back some more weight, it's going to be his. But um, as far as uh, sites go, we're with H um, HHA and I shoot. Love HHA. I go with a single pin. A lot of people say go with a floater, go to everything. Okay. And, and once again, I keep going back to the boat madness guys. And the reason for that is, is, I am not the greatest archery shooter. I am not the greatest archery hunter. Um, very, you know, maybe fun to watch, people may say, because I kind of lose and I get excited. But, <laughs> that, you know, that a lot of these guys have multiple pins, and it makes sense, you know, because you don't have to adjust and stuff. But I have probably lost opportunities at deer because I'll have that slider, that single pin, and I'm like, okay, here's 20. Yeah. My bow's shooting fast enough where – if he's within 25, 26 yards, I can still use the same pin. If it gets out to 30, I slide it up. So I've missed opportunities on that, but I, um, you know, everyone thinks just because, you know, you have the opportunity, you're hunting on TV and you're with one of these big shows that no, a lot of us, I think that's what makes Drury so special is there. It's so many, a group of people of everyday people out there at different you know, categories and different abilities and um, ability wise, I'm, I'm not up there with the Bo Manus guys. And, and I'll say it, that's how it is. And if you give me five, six, seven, eight pins and, and I put it on a deer, when I have five, six, eight pins in one section, I'm hitting the release. Like I need something <laughs> to focus on. I do. So yep. that's why I have to use a single pin. I, now my son Cole, uh... I've got him on a single pin and, and I, and he is getting so much horror and it may be a good thing or a bad thing, but he's only hung around with hunters his whole life, you know, and granted, you know, the wife's like, Hey, he's got to hang, but now he's starting to meet, which is kind of good younger kids that he's bringing into hunting, you know, his That's friends. Awesome. So, so it is working. And, but now I got it where he's, he's starting to get rid of peeps. He's starting to get rid of single pins, but yeah. he, he's got like ice, like through his veins he loses it after he shoots he loses it but when he's back at full draw he he's stone cold now dad i'm like uh, i'm a basset case i have to be one of those people that's why i do love about hunting the timber i gotta hear the leaves crunching and i've got to see that deer coming in right away grab the bow and know it's already set on 20 and shoot him yeah because if i've got a deer coming across the field everyone's like oh wonder you got all day to relax no, this gives me all day to absolutely think about it. Basket case. There's no <laughs> relaxing. By the time he gets here, the game's over, and not for him. It's over for me. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, sometimes, so 
So, I mean, we, we, there's a lot of does up in Michigan. We see a lot of does and that kind of stuff. So what I like to do early season is I like to uh, practice on the doe, right? Get that out of the way, you know, take my time. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to take the shot. Maybe I am, if it gives me the perfect shot. Yep. Uh, but that first doe or that first doe that comes out, man, I'm, I'm kind of using that to settle the nerves for the rest of the season. For yeah. sure. I'll tell you this. Uh, one of the best hunters I ever met in my life, who I know is a good friend, Ron Ruslow. He told me this one time and I asked him this question because he used to shoot bucks all the time here, like nice bucks and stuff. And I, I said to Ron, I said, how do you like do that? Like, you know, like, it's like, you, it's like, you're not even like, I mean, you hit like good shots, never like bad shots, just solid. And he said, he said, well, I just get really mad. Like, I just get mad at the deer. Like, I'm just like pissed off. Like, that's how, how and it works. So then after that, you see me just like, <laughs> <laughs> after the shot, he just like, you can't even talk. I was filming him one time. He's like, I, I just, just, just hit it, you know, because all that adrenaline comes out after. It's so funny. And I used that and it worked. I couldn't believe it. Like, I just got really mad. I just mentally, I, as soon as I see a deer, I'm like, oh, you're, get out of here. <laughs> You're in my territory, man. We're getting you. We're getting you done. Especially a doe, you know, because you know they blow at you and stuff. You're like, yeah, you're, 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 that's it. You're gonna get it. <laughs> you know, I've heard several people say that before, though. They that you yeah. got to get mad. You like they literally get so mad that it's just it takes away that adrenaline. Yeah, it makes you just focused. Just put it in their mind, like we've got to take this deer out. Like he, but. I don't know. Like, yeah, I've never actually intentionally tried that, but I have gotten mad because like, I'm just, I'm trying to sleep and this dumb deer wakes me up. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like I was having a good nap there in my ground line with my heater on and, and you know, it's, it's, it's BS. It's crap. I just, I don't know how to get mad at a deer though. That's like, I think I would start laughing. Like for me to get mad at somebody, I could probably do that pretty easy. <laughs> I could think of someone, you know, doing someone up, but like at a deer, like, how do you get mad at a deer? Like, do you make the penny gold you a bad name? Like, I'd start laughing. Like, yeah. it's a deer. How do you get mad at it? So I just, <laughs> I just use the whole like blow at me reference in my mind because I hate when does blow at me and get blow my cover. So I'm just like, oh no, it's gonna, you know, I don't even know how I do it honestly, but it worked, man. I shot a nice buck a couple years. Was it 2020 during COVID? I shot a nice buck uh, on our where we hunt and that thing was coming in for a while and I saw it and I thought I just, I remember I never got nervous at all until after then I was like, but even then we started getting in this thing where we're having this issue where we'd hit deer, but we'd hit them like just a little bit too far back or just a little bit on a weird angle or just a little bit where you don't recover them. And we're like, Oh my God. So every time we shoot a deer now, we like freak out. It's like the curse of this place for hunting. And yeah, yeah. the last time I shot that deer, I was nervous about getting down and going to look for it, but it was like three o'clock. I shot it. And I was like, I waited an hour and I'm like, I'm going to go real slow by myself. Right. I'm not even going to tell the guys I'm looking. I just want to go real slow and methodical because I don't want to jump it. Right. If it's not experience, the power of 5g with T-Mobile with faster 5g speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite video super fast or game on the go. Plus T-Mobile has more 5g bars and more places. So you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, I'm Jason Miller, Executive Editor of Federal News Network, and I want to invite you and your colleagues to join us for our second annual DoD Cloud Exchange. This three-day event, March 22nd through the 24th, will feature technology executives from the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, and of course, the Defense Information Systems Agency. So join us March 22nd through the 24th for the second annual DoD Cloud Exchange. Register today on federalnewsnetwork.com. You know, but I ended up finding it dead like 30 yards. I was like, yes, finally. So what broadhead are you using? Uh, Rage. Oh, nice. what I like about Rage is, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to give pops, but it, it is Rage with the Lundies. It makes a bad shot an okay shot. You know I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, really, it, you know, and it makes, I mean, an absolute smoke shot. Just, I mean, it, it's yeah. game over, you know. Have you, are you guys allowed to use because of, you know, Faradine owning 
Muzzy, are you? I'm sorry, Rage, are you allowed to use Muzzy or no? Um, no, we're we're, we're with Rage, you know, and it's Just specific. You know, every year, you know, that we, we have the partnerships, and that's the, the great thing about it. The Drees has been, you know, a lot of these partnerships have been around forever with us, you know. So, you know, there's certain things. It's as far as you know, being able to use different things that's at a different pay grade. You know what I'm saying? That's not something we're at. But like, <laughs> ever since that I've been with them, and actually as long as I can remember, that they've been with Rage. So yeah. Well, I, well I, let's be I honest, with... man. When you got companies like that behind you that you're using, you know, yeah. it's not like you're going to go wrong. So yeah. no, no, yeah. yeah, it's not a problem. I was just curious because when I went with, uh, like I was telling you earlier, when I went with Faraday on that media hunt. We used Rage during the hunts, and I killed four animals with it, no problem. They all dropped within 15, 20 yards. Excuse me. And um, but one of the products they showed me there during this media thing, you know, that's where they. For those who don't know, they sit you down and they kind of show you their future, like things they're going to do. You sign an NDA, you can't talk about it, but they show it to you. Well, they showed me the the Muzzy One, which was a solid head broad broadhead that was a one piece machine broadhead, um, comparable to like a Montec from G Five. Yeah, yeah. And so I ended up hunting with it. They gave me a whole bunch of them. They said, "Hey, you know, if you want to test this out next year, please do." You know, so I ended up killing two deer with it, and that buck was one of them, and it was like butter. I mean, it just you know right through it, and I. I shot one with a crossbow and I remember thinking like, I, I couldn't ask for a straighter shot. You know, it was just like, cause I have a lighted knock so I could see the path. It was just like 46 yeah. yards, hard shot. I actually hit the heart. I mean, it was crazy. I was like right through the deer. It's like, Phew. so that's why I was like, man, that's it. So if you could have used it, I would tell you to just pick up a couple packs of them babies yeah, as well. That, <laughs> that kind of brings up a, another topic too. Like that's, you know, that's the one thing that I have seen that I, I don't, but people look at okay that the hunters and I, I do get fed up sometimes with okay well you're mossy oak and i'm realtree and this is like it doesn't make a difference like we all okay we may be representing different companies whether you're you're hunting for tv or you're just you know you're a bunch of buddies back home you're still you're buying that product you're representing it and we yeah. we've got to stop like people will kill i hear people like people will kill stuff with a you know a certain type of bow or a crossbow or they use a firearm and it's like We've got enough people attacking us out there over the bull crap. Yeah. Why the heck are we giving these legislations and stuff and all these other more reasons to take stuff from us? Like, pull your head out of your rear end. Let's all get to just stop knocking each other. You know, this is what yeah. I'm with. Cool. Like, I, yep. I'm a big person. Like, if you harvest a deer at night, I love tracking and I don't think it's because I like tracking as much. It's I love the look on the face of either a first time hunter or a guy that's been hunting for 50, 60 years. When we walk about that, I don't care what you shot it with. I want to get in there and get a picture with you, do whatever. Like, you know, so many people are, well, you hunt it. And we've talked about that before. You can have a thousand different bows about a thousand. You know, sometimes a new product will come out and you know, at times you're like, I don't know, even if it's, something that we're not sponsored by, but you're going to try it. it has nothing to do with the hunting industry. It could be, you know, a new system you're going to put in your vehicle, whatever. You're a little skeptical, whatever, but for the most part, all these other products and companies that have been out there, they've proven themselves. They've been out there. Stop knocking each other over a product because all you're doing is giving, you know, it, it's like, it's like politics. Now we're not going to talk about it after this again, but you know, we're all Americans. What, right. Left, whatever. <laughs> you got a choice respect the person's dang choice and move on with it like why are we giving people yeah. reason to take this it, from us? it's so funny because we 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 on our podcast right we have a lot of different guests all that kind of stuff everybody has the same message you know we have the same message stop knocking each other we we get into the conversation all the time about um you know crossroad versus bow and it's not because we care we don't care what you use and the people that we talk to in the podcast and all that kind of stuff, it's all the same message from the people that are within the industry. But then you get bombarded when you're so when you put your stuff out on social media that those people that start to knock you and you know, all that kind of stuff. And the, those are the those are in, in our messaging is the same. And it's exactly what you said. We got to stop that doing that to each other because that's not what it's about. If it's no. legal, if it's ethical, you should 100%. be happy that we're continuing the industry because if we don't have compound bowls, if we don't have new products coming out, if we don't have all, we don't have an industry anymore. 
right? And and that's that that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody needs. So I appreciate over the you past, that. It's, yeah, over the past couple of weeks, Tim and I, we, so we've been, we, you know, we work on, we've been using TikTok a lot. It seems to be a nice new yeah. method to reach young people. And it's working very well, I mean, for the most part. But then you have the, a lot of people on there, uh, not just there, Instagram as well, but a lot of people are just uneducated on what they're saying on some of these topics. And it's, it's really hard. Um, number one, just to bite your tongue and not reply to it, even as a company, I, I want to reply so bad, you know, and I do sometimes I just can't help it. But like, a lot of things are just, um, th there's a lot of people that want to see us fail. There's a lot of people who want to see hunting go away. There's a lot of people who, you know, really want to destroy the hunting community. They, they, they rather you go, you know, buy a cow at the store even though they kill those the same way even worse probably than worse. actually yeah. harvesting your own animal but they want to you know they want to destroy what we put the it's not even us i mean it's their heritage too it's a heritage that we all are are, are even them like their forefathers were hunters and gatherers it's just how it was so anyway the crossbow thing has been a big issue. And for some reason, I mean, crossbow has been legal now for a while. So I don't, yeah. I still don't understand why people talk so much smack about crossbows. I'm like, dude, I bought a harvest tag. Like I paid for a tag that helps sponsor or pay for this state's whatever, you know, I paid for that tag, that right to use any weapon. I don't know why it even matters. Like, what? I'm like, why does it matter what I use to harvest an animal? Why do you care? Um, it sounds like you're competing versus me for the same animal. That's what it sounds like to me. But the, some of the issues I feel that are real political and it's really bothering me a lot is things like new tech and new tech is going to be what brings us forward in an industry. If we're going to tell companies you can't produce new tech because we won't allow it in our state, that's a very slippery slope that's going to not let us keep going forward. And I'm speaking specifically about the twin strike from Excalibur. So New Jersey banned two, a two bolt crossbow because of that bow that just happened this year. And my point in the story is, listen, why are we jumping to all these fast conclusions that it's a bad thing? Like all of a sudden now all, all these hunters are complaining about it. Why, why do you care if I can use a crossbow anyways, you act like I'm shooting six shots at one time or something. It's two, two different triggers. So the point is though, if you're going to let them regulate that, then you're basically saying like, don't try to do anything new or outside the, outside the bow or whatever you want to call it outside the string. You know, we're just going to sit here and twiddle our thumbs and just, then they're going to start fighting speed. You watch now that these bows are hitting 500 yeah. plus, that'll be the next that's thing. Been my gonna fear. Be outlawing. They're going to yeah. keep going. Cause no, that's been my fear. Are you know, this. And I, I, I brought this point up before, but when you look at the the uh, the crossmen when they came out with their airbow was banned because and, and one of the one of the arguments and there was multiple but one of the arguments was because of the speed at which it throws out its bolt. Okay, well now we have we have these these crossbows coming to market that are at the same speed that that was that that the crossman was throwing out its bolt at. So that is my fear is that we're going to see a progression of more rules, more regulation with the new tech. And it's just, it's going to completely destroy the industry uh, and, and not completely destroy, but it's going to, it's going to halt innovation within yeah. the industry. Yeah. And, and we're going to be, go, we're going to go backwards and become more stagnant. And they're so, saying though, that hunters are asking for this. And this is my point. So you have hunters calling New Jersey state and game ask, telling them they need to do something about this two crossbow bolt machine no one says i can't carry two crossbows out there i can just have two crossbows one on the ground and one in my hand like i mean it's just stupid it's if just i have stupid. two tags who cares if i have one <laughs> tag but only need one shot uh there's that's so many fine. reasons it makes no sense to regulate that and yeah. all i'm saying is look they're doing it because that's what they're trying to do is destroy what we have otherwise they would just leave it alone and let a couple years go by and see what happens right well i think that's the problem though and, 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 and i'm gonna lundy you started it you started talking about politics, so I'm blaming this whole thing on you. You yeah, said, we're go. not going we go. back after we this, go. but we're not stopping. We've already been fired up on these couple I, I think the problem is and, and, and is that we, you know, our regulators, they're, they're too scared if they don't have data. So their first go-to is no, instead of let's try it and see what happens. 
right? I think that's more of the problem is, we, whoa, we don't know, we don't, we have no data, we have no, any, no way of making a decision on our own and logically thinking about this. So because of that, our, our first answer is no, and then we'll figure it out. And I think that's the wrong approach. I think you have to have a decision-making process outside of new data and new statistics and how many tags and what's the success ratio of when we sell a tag versus how many are harvested before you can go down that road of just saying no all the time. So I think too, Tim, you know, you, you think about it in, in the lawmakers and stuff like that and the, the resource managers of, uh, you know, the deer herd and stuff like that. They are starting to now, you know, send out surveys and ask our opinions as hunters, right? And we're not experts by any means, right? These people that are in there are supposedly the, the best for the job, but we all know politics is involved with those decisions, right? So that's where the impasse is. And I think if they would a little, they would allow us hunters a little bit more input and, and take our feedback um, more seriously, I think it might have a more positive effect because who better to know what's going on in the woods than the guys sitting out there and, and observing the deer themselves. You know what I mean, yeah. Laudie? I mean, it, it just makes yeah. sense to me. You know, we are the experts, though. That's the thing. Like, we never right. be the expert hunter, but when they, you know, when they say, well, why, if, if I'm going to do a, a brain surgery or I'm going to do a heart surgery, I don't want the person that's read, you know, who's been in college for 50 years and has read 4,000 books. That's I'd rather true. have the guy that did 4,000 procedures. I don't want the person that's that right. did the books. You know, and to kind of, like, clean it up a little bit is, Okay, I get it. And every one of us, all four of us on here, you know, and I know a lot of people are going to see this podcast. You guys have grown huge over the years and it's what you guys are doing is awesome. But I try to sum it up like this. I might have certain beliefs. I don't hunt with a crossbow. There's certain beliefs, reasons why I do and don't. I am not going to sit here and say that I'm not gonna. It is and going to. Yeah. You know, and if you want to regulate it, and like you were saying before, Tim, you were saying like, instead of taking data and stuff like that, you work on it on how many tags. If you bought the tags and you bought this and someone says, well, how do you, and people ask me all the time, how do you feel about a crossbow? How do you feel about this new air bow now? How do you feel about this? I don't give my opinion because I don't want to them to think that I'm for or against something so much. The bottom line is hunters don't turn around and give these higher ups that are making the decisions for us don't give them a reason to, to stop hunting. This is what they right. want. If we argue little by little, they're going to take chips away. Yep. Chips away. And yep. then when we're done, we're not going to have things. Look, look at Utah. They just, or I think it's Utah. They just got rid of trail cameras. Yes. Yep. What are you guys doing? Like, I forgot. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I get it. Has, has, has it got easier to harvest the deer? This is okay. I'm kind of on the fence with that. I'm not going to get too much yeah. into it. Maybe it's yeah. because I'm not that great of a hunter. I'm just blessed with opportunities. But the sad part is the younger kids that are, that are getting into hunting, right? Everything is around technology now, right? Yeah. So trail cameras, all the advancements, that's what's attracting these kids, you know, sometimes to it, right? So if you take away and you go back to, you know, the stick and arrow or, you know, things like this. Um, it's good because, you know, the heritage is there, but at the same time, you have to embrace the technology as it comes forward so that the kids coming up don't think this is an old man's game and it's not something that I'd be interested in. You know what I mean? I, I really think that's important. You know, cars are getting faster. Things are getting faster. Schools get, we, it's, it's hard to see things grow. And I'm kind of, you know, a little bit old school mentality that it, it's hate to see things grow, but We've got to accept a little bit of growth. Okay, yeah. we have to be happy with it. But if we accept growth within the hunting industry, that means the hunting industry is growing. If we start stopping that, it's going to go. Back in the day, these Indians have got that. Man, they could, you know, and the pioneers and everybody else. Okay, they were using slingshots and rocks. If you look at it, we've took those things away. You can't go out there and just, if we start... <laughs> little it's gonna happen if we Bad. keep taking things away we're gonna have nothing and right now i wish there was a way and we're far from that it's never gonna happen i shouldn't say never it could but there should be a way that the experts and i don't care if you're on tv not on tv whatever the experts the people in the field that's the people that we need up there in legislation for us yeah. that's 
We don't need people that are working for insurance companies and we, we want to go ahead and up the quota to 5 billion deer and you can use everything, but, and you got to look at it. Why are they doing this? Are they trying to knock the population down? You know, and, and so hunters are getting mixed. Well, are they knocking the, trying to do away with hunting or are they trying to do away with this? Like if it's a hunter and a hunter, let's talk, let's speak together. Let's yeah. come up with, with something together to promote and help hunting grow. If it has something to do with it, take away from hunting, that's a red flag. If it's taking yep. away from hunting, let's take a different avenue. Well, and we need to have the right messaging. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Well, a lot of people argue that some of the arguments I see in the comments are things like they should have their own season. And I said, and I reply, that's an option. That's yeah. no one said we can't have that option. There that's a go. great conversation to have. But it has yep. nothing to do with making it illegal because it shoots two bolts, right? It, but what you're saying, totally for that. I'm good with that. We can have that conversation. I don't think yeah. it needs to be two, but hey, I'm open to that. You know, I'm, we can have that conversation That's just exactly. like we have a gun one. Yeah, but I also hate when these people want to, they want to keep saying like, oh, it's, it's like a gun. I mean, it's not like a gun that no way, shape or form is that any speed that those crossbows are going to produce 500, 600, 700 are going to get close to a gun. They're just not. So yeah, it's fast, but it's not that fast compared to like a high power rifle. I mean, well, it's like I've always out. come from the standpoint of, of you have to try it before you knock it. And, and a lot of people that knock it have never tried hunting with it. And I, I think you would come to find that it's not that much different of a hunt. And I, I would argue it's not any different of a hunt when you're hunting a crossbow versus a compound and the way that you approach it, you know, you, you might get an extra couple yards out of your shot, but you're, you're not, you're not shooting out a hundred yards. I mean, pe people, I have the argument all the time of they can go a hundred yards. Yes, they can, but I don't know a person in their so mind. Can a shooting, and then a compound can too. Yeah. Right. Then that's my point. I don't know a person in the right mind that's taking an ethical shot at a hundred yards on a deer. I just don't. Never so, but, but factual, but, factual, Tim, real quick, factual, you and I, and our team has actually tested this theory. We actually tested the, how far can a compound bow shoot in a crossbow shoot at a long distance. If you launch it in the air, we actually did this test and the compound was further. So technically the compound will go 600 plus yards further than than a crossbow bolt because the bolt's smaller it doesn't yeah well and it's the kinetic energy and all that kind of stuff it starts off with a lot of the, yeah. the the drop off there's a lot there too um but, I, but I, to me let, let's forget about all of that because i think the broader thing with all of this is the fact that we get away from calling hunting what it is and that's conservation it, it at the at the heart of what we do it's about conservation. It's not about wiping out deer. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about making sure that we have a healthy population for all generations to come after us, you know? So we get away from, we get away from that conservation mentality. And then we start infighting with everybody on what we're using and how we're using and it's all that about kind of stuff. When it, that's not, it's, it's not, it, it's not about that. At the heart of what we do, it's conservation and it's, and it's a resource that I like to provide for my family as a food resource for my family, right? So that, to me, is the conversation that we need to gear ourselves towards. Uh, I, and you guys have all... Man, I should have never brought up the whole loaded pot. But it, <laughs> like it, I said, sorry. it's your fault. That was like a loaded it's gun for us. So much we've been waiting to talk about and it. I have different views, but like, you, you know, Dave said it best. You, you got to look at that, like... Okay, are there people, and this is the biggest thing that I've heard about the crossbows airboat. This is my biggest complaint. Okay, well, during the archery season, not as many big bucks are harvested, this or that. Well, now you have the gun hunters. Now, this is a double-edged sword. Look, at, now you have the gun hunters hunting mm -hmm. because they don't pull back a bow. And I will say, you're right. And I'm, I'm going to agree to some things, some things I'm not going to. You're right. The gun hunters are. Look at that in a positive way. You just promoted gun hunters to start archery hunting you promoted more hunters you might have promoted hunters out there that would never gun hunt before to start mm -hmm. paying money that's going to pay for conservation and to do this do these people sometimes go out there and go down to the local walmart they don't try nothing and they're going to try to take an unethical shot and they don't know if they hit it at 70 or 80 yards and they walk out y yes but let's turn back around and have the conversation you know people are like well there should be a different season agree or disagree okay let's handle that at a different level 
Yep. Don't right off the bat start taking something yeah. else on a legislative level away yep. from hunting. Don't do that because it's never going to stop until yep. we have nothing left and we're sitting here 80, 90 years old that are still around talking about, hey, guys, do you remember when we could go out and harvest a deer? Like, we don't want that. <laughs> now we're back to traditional bows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Let's no talk doubt. about it. Okay, last word, last word. So here, no, no more words than that. Let's move on. I'm a, well, I'm going to leave it right Let's here. Let's move on. It's it's it. If if we're going to have a fight within the hunting community, then what the fight should be the rut season should be an archery season in Michigan. That's yes. it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree, Tim. No, I was going to ask is, and I want to move on to a couple other subjects real quick. So we while we still have time, the um the show though so the show when will the new season air that's what i was going to ask you the new season um they run it two ways which is it's you know just the new season that's coming out but it will run right around late summer the new seasons will start coming out and and then it falls right into early fall and then they will run it again as the season comes up from fall all the way through the hunting season so all, all your new shows for drews will start coming out um mid to late summer so and those shows so like what you film this year will be next year's correct just to make Mm -hmm. sure i understand it right absolutely absolutely yeah so you guys will be filming this year for next year yeah so every how many people are on your team um oh critical this show specifically i don't um name them all with their birthdays (laughs) (laughs) you know that at time to time, like in the beginning, it was just an individual cast, you know, and there's a lot of original cast members that are still on that. But, you know, a lot of times it brings excitement to the show and it brings like, oh, a newcomer coming in, you know, and like a new twist. But, you know, for the most part, there's some original cast that are in there. But like Greg, Greg was with us, you know, but now all of a sudden, you know, he's he's went up and he's moved his way in. And what I like about Critical Mass, we're all competing and, you know, I don't want to get in trouble for saying certain things, but we're not competing. We are a group of friends and family that are just, you know, at the end of the year, it's up to you viewers, you know, hey, listen, this is what it is. But we're just trying to showcase our season, you know. So um, yeah. every year, like, I, I don't think anybody's new came in this year. And when someone new usually comes in, it's, you know, you might get someone from a, you know, like, like Bo Manis. You know what I'm saying? You've got Greg Lesson. Yeah. Like he's with Bo Maddox, but he's still, he's a jury, you know, a hunter for juries. You know what I'm saying? He's just kind of moved his way. So when people see him on Bo Maddox, you know, hey, it's great, great from Critical Mass, you know, or whatever the case may be. If it's if it's something from, you know, somebody that's been on Critical Mass, and now you see a hunt from them on, you know, it'd be the jury's natural born or 13 or whatever the case may be. But usually, it's usually right around, you know, nine or 10, give or take hunters that are, that are on that, that cast every year. It does change up from time to time. I mean, they, they got me stuck right here on critical mass. I think it's because <laughs> I just let it fly. And, uh, and it's as far as if they literally told me I had to stick to a certain weapon, I'd probably be submitting a harvest once every 10 years. And that's about it. <laughs> it just all goes out the window. It's complete basket case in the stand. <laughs> I love Greg it. Well, you're got promoted great, from that last man. buck he got. That monster, dude. Yeah, oh, no doubt. It's like two forty-two or something. Oh man, the buck he got. Holy cow! Was Absolutely insane. ridiculous. But I will say, you you are a great ambassador for Jury, along with Greg. I mean, after talking to you guys, it's a lot of the same messaging in regards to how you guys feel about being a part of it. Yeah, there's a little bit of competition, but at the end of the day, it's not what it's about. It's about building each other up. Um, you know, learning from each other, teaching each other and getting people into the industry. And we, you know, we thank you for that because, you know, if it wasn't for Drury, if it wasn't for some of the other shows that are out there, it w- if it wasn't for you guys sharing your passion with everybody, people wouldn't be in the industry today that, that are, you know, and, and you guys have a lot of credit for that. And we thank you for that. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, I think that's the, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's even very humble just to, to be on the show because like I don't, it, it's funny and it, it comes back again to my son Cole and it's nothing against my daughters. My my daughters, they're, they're the real bosses of the house. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're the, but like my son, there's, 
sometimes that, you know, we'll be sitting in the blind and, you know, we're hunting and it's just like, you know, you do get a little bit of stress and okay, man, we got to harvest a deer. We got to do it. And, and I'm not talking like he said it once it's several times a season, you know, I'll just be sitting there and I might just be filming an encounter of him, this or that, you know, or him drawing back and he don't get an opportunity. He comes down and I come back and I look at him and I'll shut the camera off. And he's like, Hey dad, like everyone looks at it like, okay, these guys, this is all they do. They hunt for a living. They don't, no, we're not. We're your guys. You know, we are, we are you yeah. guys that had the opportunity to show you this is you all out there with us. We're all doing it. And my son will always say, dad, can, can you believe like, we're hunting for juries, you know, and it kind of, yeah. you can have, and it's, it's not just any negative that you had at the time. And for the most part, we try to stay positive. Really. It's like, you know, when he always says that, I always think, Oh my gosh, I can go back. Not even 30, we're talking 30 something years ago now and watching the, the cassette tapes and this or that. And it's like, you're right, buddy. We are, you know what I'm saying? So like at the end of the day, I have never, since I've been filming for juries ever walked out of the woods on the most horrible hunt, and not smiled, either holding one of my kids hand or my hand over their back thinking, you know, that this is it. So take the camera away from that. And it's the same thing. That's how it should be. Every time you walk yeah. out of the woods, you, you made a memory, whether it's with a new hunter, a friend or whatever, you know, and my, my son, this, this just happened this year. He didn't want it filmed and we didn't film it. We had a, um, a friend of ours that was in school and a young kid, my son's age, actually, um, yeah, literally right at my son's age. Well, a year or so ago, he was a big guy in the community. He, um, his dad ended up passing away of cancer and he hung with him a little bit, but, but not much. And we were sitting at one of my, my son, uh, daughter's basketball games and he comes walking up to me. And he's like, Hey, Mr. Sean, you know, he's like, I, I got my hunting license. And I thought about it, I'm like, Oh crap. You know, I did tell this kid, you know, and he's like, can I go? And, and I'm like, okay. And you always think about, I'm like, I've got to find a way. We're going to get this kid outdoors. And yeah. last year I hunted with him. But when I took him hunting, it was during coyote season. Coyote hunting is not easy. It's bitter cold. <laughs> it's zero below zero. I mean, and it's, yeah. the kid's never going to want to hunt again. So this year he said, and we're like, okay. And, and he turns around and walks away. I'm like, we got to figure a way. And me and my son both had our Indiana deer. And this is, you know, a little boy, my son now looking over me and he taps me in the leg and he goes, Hey dad, what a perfect opportunity. I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? But he's like, let's say something to his mom. He says, we're taking him in the morning. And my son was supposed to go out. We were supposed to just wow. whack to doze. And I'm telling you what, we brought the film. We brought it. We went out there and he's like, Hey, what can I shoot? Mr. Sean, what can I shoot? And I said, man, you can kill any deer on the farm and deer. <laughs> they don't move the way they do. And first light comes up and this year and a half old five point comes walking out. This kid gets the gun up the window, 120, 123 yards in there, makes a perfect shot. And I stepped back and let my son, still a young hunter, but very mature for what he's been around, and his friend track his deer the whole month. To me right there. Oh, that's worth that, the right there. That is the hunt. And, you know, it's that is the most important hunt probably in the last three or four years for me. And I've harvested a lot of animals with my children. And this is somebody that's not even my kid. And it was to watch my son take another kid. Granted, yeah, I took him, <laughs> drove him this and that. And after that, it was an entire morning event. We went ahead and, and we, we took his friend and we went to show his grandpa and went to show. And it's funny because just that's a couple awesome. of nights ago, um, my wife is friends with this kid's mother, she said, Hey, we'd like to have you over for for the steak dinner, the deer steaks. And I'm like, that's what it's about guys. You know, and yeah. it's not about filming. It's not about sponsors. It's not about this. It's about the memories. It's about passing it on. And I could promise you right now, this little boy that is not hooked on the outdoors. If he could bring three, four hunters in over his next 80, 90 yeah. years of life, he's promoting it. That's what we have to do, man. It's not about anything else, you know? No, no doubt. And, and I think next time, and, and don't take offense to this, but uh, I, I think we got to get your son on instead because he sounds like a wise man. <laughs> oh my God, man. Like, you know, I was it, thinking it, the same it, thing. I, I literally have told my wife that, and I've told, like, like, I don't, it's, I don't even bring him around to the meetings or stuff like that because he's a rock star. Like, he, <laughs> 
I'm so blessed. He's got the total, the total package. He is so humble. He is so into the hunt. Awesome. He is so like when it comes time to it's game time, he's stone cold. When the shot's done, yeah. he loses it. Like if you could picture perfect. And then these kids with these computers nowadays all the time, you stick a camera behind his hand, like five, six years from now, you know, and that's what made John O'Dell's son, Jacob, in my mind, yeah. such a little beast in the hunting industry. I mean, the kid has been around it since day one. I mean, it, you know, if you were ever going on a hunt, you could contact John O'Dell's son up and he's going to lay the footage down and he's going to lay the footage down the right way, the way it needs done. And then on top of that, he gets the, everything about it, you know, and to yeah. Yeah. Our son grow up and do the same thing. So you got to keep him in check really every cool. once in a while. And I said that, but <laughs> he's the one that's in the stand saying, Hey dad, we're hunting for jury. So it's, it's almost like he's keeping us. Awesome. Check, you know? No well, doubt. Good. No that's doubt. Good. All right, man. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And again, Absolutely. next time we'll have you on in a couple months and, and maybe we'll have your son join with you. It'd be kind of fun. Tell those stories <laughs> and all that. So highly appreciate it. Um, I'll put all the links below guys to, to, uh, Lundy stuff and where to find them on Instagram and all the good places. And also look out for the juries this year coming up, uh, this show critical mass and also their other shows. I mean, they're all really good. So I don't think it's going to matter which one you watch, but of course you got to watch Sean's this way. It's got to be right. so <laughs> we'll see you guys, guys next time. Thank you for watching. Thanks, man. Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G Speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.